Hey guys, thank you so much for joining us for the NCC podcast. God is doing so many great things in our community, and I trust that he's doing great things in your life as well. And I trust that God is going to speak to you through this message. Well, good morning. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2024. Are you, do you love a new year? Does anybody love a new year? Come on, come on. Yes, you can go ahead. You can be seated. But we are going to get right to the word of the year. We're not going to keep you waiting very long. This is a very special year for North Point Community Church, isn't it? I love a new beginning, but we're at a very special new beginning, aren't we? You're coming under new leadership. And I know there's uncertainty that comes with that. But I want you to know we're convinced that we're in the middle together of God's design. And his design is for our good and his glory. And one thing that will never change is, you know who the head of this church is? His name is Jesus Christ. That's never going to change. He's why we're here. He's the one leading all of us. Amen. Are you ready for the word of the year for 2024? Okay, now listen. This is, you know, this service, I've heard that you're like the fun group, right? Okay. So, you know, we have high expectations for you. So when we share the word of the year, I hope that you will get on your feet and give God praise. And like you mean it, like your year depends on it, because this is a corporate word, but it's also a personal word and promise over your life. Okay? Awesome. Well, hey, we've been praying for you. I want you to know that. We've been praying for your year. And what we want for you is more of Jesus. What we want for you is for you to become more like Jesus this year. And that we may live well for Jesus this year. Come on. More of him. Become more like him and live well for him this year. There's no better purpose we can put on a year than to aspire for more of Jesus. Amen. And I feel like this is a Hebrews 12, 2 year. We will fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. This is a John the Baptist generation. We are preparing the way for him. And how do we do that? In John's famous words, he must increase and I must decrease. You know, if we want more of Jesus, if we want to become more like him, and if we want to live well for him, that does not happen by default, does it? It can only happen by design. And thankfully, God has designed a way for us to access more of him. Thankfully, he's designed a way for us to become more like him and to live well for him. The 2024 word of the year for North Point Community Church is divine Divine design. design. Come on. Come on, somebody. Yes. Let's go. I want to hear you say it. Divine design. Divine design. One more time. Divine design. Divine design. Awesome. Put your hands together one more time. Yes, you are. You're totally the fun crowd for sure. Man, we're so excited about this new year. We really think and we know that the promise of God is that there's more in 2024. And I'm just looking at an unbelievable congregation. And I'm just so thankful for really um, the leadership of Pastor Destiny and Philip, what they have established here at North Point. Can we put our hands together for Pastor Destiny and Pastor Philip right now? We love them so much. 
They're on the road right now, and they're preaching to like 100 or 200 students right now, but they'll be back, and I just love the fact that they're on the leadership team and everything that they've done here. And this year, together, all of us together, we're going to live in God's divine design. Friends, divine design is the word for 2024, and there's so much to unpack in this word. Okay, it's layer upon layer, and over the next three weeks, you guys do not want to miss this series because we're really going to unpack this. But today, we're going to start this adventure of divine design by looking at Psalm 1 and 1. So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 1, 1 through 3. This passage, it's going to give us really a threefold picture of God's divine design in our lives. So let's read this together. The Bible says this. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their lives never wither, and they prosper in all they do. The word for 2024 is divine design. Bow your head with me. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, thank you for your vision. Thank you for your direction. God, thank you for this word, divine design. Allow it to wash over us and change us today as we step into more in 2024. Bless my friends. Touch them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. 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 Well, I'm not done yet, so don't be cutting (laughs) me off. So this year for Christmas, um, our youngest, our five-year-old and and six-year-old, Doc, and Daisy, we um, we actually split them into their own rooms. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so they got their own room. So that was really the bulk of their Christmas. They got their own rooms. So bunk beds, uh, bookshelves, desk. So what we did is we ordered all this stuff from pretty much this magical place in the North Pole called uh, Wayfair. Anybody heard of it? <laughs> Wayfair is a miracle. And so we ordered all this stuff, and it came to us in big old boxes at our doorstep. And then Santa's helper, this guy right here, I went to work. And after I was finished, my fingers were bleeding from the hexagon screws that I put everything together. And let me tell you, I'm not a carpenter, but after I finished this, friends, I felt like a builder. I was like, man, I have accomplished. Look what I have done. And it was, it was awesome. I don't know about y'all. But at our house, for us as parents, Christmas is a lot of work. I'm telling you. If you have little ones, you're working your tail off for Christmas. And we get those big boxes in. If those boxes did not have an instruction manual, then I would have just been up a creek. It would have been, I would have just been out of luck. For some of you guys, y'all could put it together. For me, I got to have the instruction manual. But thankfully, all the instructions... We're in all of these boxes. So I was able to see what the design and the function was in this instruction manual. What is it? It's step-by-step instructions of how to create what has been sent to you, the design, the function, and the manual. It even gives you the ultimate design of the project. You can see the pictures. I'm a picture guy. I don't know about y'all, but I like to see the picture of the finished product, and you can see it. How many of you wish that you just had an instruction manual for every season of your life, right? It just showed you how to do it. 
How about the Complete Idiot's Guide to Being an Adult, right? I mean, I got that on my shelf. Complete Idiot's Guide to uh, Raising a Five-Year-Old or Teenager, whatever it is. How many of you are thankful that God did not leave us in the dark, but God left the instruction manual for us, and it's God's holy word. If you have the Bible with you, just raise it up right now. It's God's word that is our instruction manual. You know, oh, the joys of the one who does not follow all the bad advice on social media, but shuts that out and instead delights in the law of Almighty God. So the first divine design that we see in our passage we're going over today, it's the law of the Lord. If you're taking notes, point number one is the Bible is God's divine design for our lives. If you love the word of God, put your hands together right now for the word of God. Come on, somebody. So it's 2024. 24 is a very significant number. And before we get any further, I need to tell you something. This is something that you need to know. And it's very spiritual. Okay? In the 90s, my pager number was 24. Oh, yeah. Remember those? Young people, I know you're so cool with smartphones and social media. You ain't got nothing on the pager. We thought we were so cool. You could wear it right on your belt. It didn't have any letters, only numbers. You had to memorize your friend's phone numbers, okay? These are the dark ages. But you could have a code, and mine was 24. Your pager would go off, and you'd be like, Mom, I got to use the house phone. I got a page. So cool, yeah. I know you're blessed by knowing that. Lives are forever better for that. But no, on a serious note, for real, at the beginning of a new year, I love to study the biblical significance of numbers. And for birthdays, I love to study the biblical significance of numbers. Don't go Google the significance of numbers. You'll find yourself into some new agey weirdness. But if you study the biblical significance of numbers, it's so exciting. And you find that God loves numbers. And the number 24 in the Bible is actually associated with the theme of worship. How cool is that? In the Old Testament, King David divided the temple worship leaders into 24 groups. Just so happens also that in music, including all the major and minor keys, there are a total of 24 keys in music. And in the book of Revelation, in the throne room of heaven, the Bible says there are 24 elders. The throne room of heaven is a place of worship. And the Bible describes these 24 elders as falling to their knees and casting their crowns before the throne of God in worship. How cool to think that this year, 2024, can be a year of ascribing more worship, more glory, more honor to Jesus Christ. How incredible. This year, we are going to exalt Jesus more with greater fervency, with more intentionality. This year is about more of him. How special is that? There's no greater purpose to put on a year or a season than this year. I want it to be about more of you, Jesus. And know the joys of the one who delight in this divine design. What does it look like to 
delight in something. It's pretty neat to think of this as our manual, the instruction manual, the creator's guide for our lives. And it's joyful to delight in this divine design. What does it look like to delight? So to delight is to focus in on the details of something. It's to have a joyful focus, to get emotionally caught up in the details. In literature, to delight is like a poem versus a textbook. A textbook, (laughs) Ms. Brown, we love textbooks though. I mean, yeah, I'm a textbook person myself. Textbooks, it just gives information though, right? There's no emotion, there's no desire, it's just facts. But then a poem, it zeroes in on the details, it takes its time and it stays there, it paints a picture, right, in beautiful language. And just like with any long-term relationship, when it comes to our relationship with the Word of God, there comes a time when we have to renew our delight in it. Just like with anything else. You know, when we first get saved, maybe you remember when you were first saved, you're so in love with Jesus, you're so in love with the Word of God, you can't get enough of it. But because we're human, just like with anything else, what happens? Over time, we begin to take it for granted. And that's when we have to choose to renew our delight in it. And so we maybe buy a new study Bible, start a new reading plan. This is the best time of year for that. I always love to start a fresh way to delight in God's word at the beginning of the year. A new devotional, a new small group, finding ways to find delight in it once again. Right now, one of my favorite ways to study the Bible is through Alabaster Bibles. Has anyone heard of the Alabaster Bibles? Oh my goodness. So they bind each book of the Bible separately as individual books, and it's so beautifully done, and it just is a brand new experience, a new way to delight in the Word of God. Um, Sometimes we can be so familiar with this, and that's a good thing, but we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and renew our delight in it once again. Do you realize what a miracle this is? What a gift this is from God? Nothing short of a miracle. I want to show you a graph. If we could put that graph on the screen. There it is already. Wow. Okay. Um, This is a cross-reference graph. Uh, um, of the Bible. A cross-reference is a conceptual link between different verses uh, that connect people and places and ideas together, okay? All those little lines at the bottom are all chapters of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and that one in the middle, that's the longest one, Psalm 119 right there. All of these arcs are connections between verses in the Bible. The colors change um, according to the distance of the verses uh, between each other. This is profound. Jordan Peterson calls the Bible the first ever hyperlinked book. But here's what makes this such a total miracle. This, the Bible was written over uh, by over 40 different authors over a span of 1,500 years. There is no way that the Bible could have this much intricate interconnectedness if it weren't for the fact that it was miraculously written by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is a miracle. How delightful is that? Even with everyone that has tried to destroy this throughout human history, even with the armies of hell raging against its very existence, here we are today holding this divine design in our hands. 2 Timothy describes this as God-breathed. The word of God is 
God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How amazing that we possess the same God-breathed words that have sustained every generation of believers that have gone before us. This is a miracle. And oh, the joys of the one who delight in this. God's word, it really is. It's marvelous. And every, every question that you have in life, every answer is in this book. And I just, I love how we can delight in God's word. So let's get back to the passage that we're breaking down. This is what it says. It says, the ones who delight in the law of the Lord. So there it is, point number one. Here's point number two. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. The one who delights in the law of the Lord be like a mighty tree planted by the river. So who does the tree in our passage represent? It represents you. So the second divine design in this passage is you. If you're taking notes, the second point is this. You are God's divine design. Look at your right right now. Look at your neighbor on your right. Look at your neighbor on the left. Look at everyone around this room. Look at the people there. This is God's divine design that you're looking at. You were designed by God to be mighty, to be strong like a tree. A tree is sturdy. It's strong. It's upright. It's planted by the river. That's what the Bible says. The Britannica describes a tree as possessing a massive system for harvesting enormous quantities of water. So a tree... You know it, it has deep roots. And this system, it anchors the tree. But these deep roots also give it access to the source of the waters of life that flow from within. Things you can't even see that are deep down to the source of what their life is. So, therefore, a tree is not dependent upon outward sources. So the environment, in order to flourish, because that's not its source of life. That's not its source of well-being. And a tree isn't just made for one season. A tree is made to withstand the storms in every single season. And a tree, it is for everything that God has created it to be. And if you delight in God's divine design, then my friend, God's promise is that you will be like a mighty tree. Do we have any Christians in this place? Any Christians in this room? So let me tell you, if you're a Christian, it doesn't matter how mighty the raging storm may be. Okay, it doesn't matter how bitter, the cold, the harshest winter may be because you know that spring is coming and new life is coming. So if you're a Christian, yes, sometimes even as a Christian, we feel, we feel dead on the outside. We go through things, but we have to understand as a Christian, we have access to the source of life on the inside and we have everything that we need. Let me tell you, if you're a Christian, Things might look rough at the moment on the outside, but you are strong on the inside. You are a watered vessel and equipped by the creator to bear fruit and to prosper in all you do. God has created you beautifully to do what he's created you to do. You know, so often in life, we face circumstances, and every one of us, every one of us have gone through, you know, the, the cold times of life where it feels like, Really, the uh, chill of life is just on the horizon. And, and situations, it could be anything. 
could be something that you're going on with your, your family or your job, uh, maybe relationships, maybe your health. And, and when these situations arise, well, it feels like winter is showing up. And sometimes we can get tempted to uproot ourselves from the kingdom of God and find warmth in the world, to find warmth in old habits, to find warmth in the things that we think will bring us satisfaction. But what does a tree do? A tree doesn't uproot to go find warmth. No, that tree would die. No, what does a tree do? It stays. Can I get an amen? It remains and it persists. And did you know a tree, in the winter, it actually rests? That's kind of interesting. A tree takes the cold as a cue that it's time to rest. And listen to this. They preserve their energy for the intense growth that will happen in the spring. Wow. If God designed a tree to be so impressive, so intricate, imagine how impressive and intricate you are as God's divine design. And I wonder if there's anyone in this room, and right now you're in a winter season. I know we're all in a winter season. I'm not being literal. I'm talking about emotionally, spiritually. You're in a winter season right now. And, and, and we're so tempted to think I'm in the wrong place. Okay. I, I'm in the wrong fit. Maybe I need to make a, a change or, or relocate. Sometimes it's Christianese to say the grace has lifted. No, maybe it's just winter right now. And like a tree, you're designed for all the changing seasons. Better yet, the changing seasons were designed for you. So often we wear ourselves out because we're convinced that we're supposed to operate like it's spring all the time. We think we're supposed to be at the top of our game, bearing springtime fruit 24-7, 12 months a year. No wonder we're weary. That's not how we were designed. And, you know, we're never in the same season as everyone else either. That's why social media is so dangerous. Because we compare our winter season to someone else's spring. Because no one ever posts about their winter season. So it looks like everyone else is in a perpetual spring. But they're not. We were not designed for that. You were designed for the changing seasons. Just like the tree. Yes, you were designed for the spring to flourish and grow and bear fruit. And you can guarantee that spring will definitely make its way back around to you. But you're also designed for the summer to provide shelter and shade and nourishment for others in the heat of the day. You were also designed for the fall to shed off the things that are dying and to let go of yesterday's fruit. And you're designed for the winter as well. In the winter, we're reminded that all of that is not our source. And the winter is not punishment. It is a gift because we are reminded that he is our source. And it is our chance to strengthen our root system, to strengthen our connection to the source, Jesus Christ. For anyone in a winter season... I, I want to encourage you with this. There is a song, and I'm sure maybe you've heard it before. It's by Hillsong, and it's called Seasons. 
And speaking of poems, this is so beautifully written. I want to read the lyrics to you, and my prayer is that it will encourage you the way it has encouraged me. Like the frost on a rose, winter comes for us all. Oh, how nature acquaints us with the nature of patience. Like a seed in the snow, I've been buried to grow. For your promise is loyal from seed to sequoia. Lord, I think of your love like the low winter sun. And as I gaze, I am blinded in the light of your brightness. And like a fire to the snow, I'm renewed in your warmth. Melt the ice of this wild soul till the barren is beautiful. I can see the promise. I can see the future. You're the God of seasons, and I'm just in the winter. If all I know of harvest is that it's worth my patience, then if you're not done working, God, I'm not done waiting. I know, though the winter is long, even richer the harvest it brings. Though my waiting prolongs, even greater your promise for me. Like a seed, I believe that my season will come. If you're in a winter season today, friend, I want to remind you that you are that tree planted by the rivers of water. And oh, the joy of the one who delights in the true source. And the winter is a gift because it gives you the opportunity to be reminded, "Ah, it's not about that. It's not about that other stuff. But I get to anchor myself in Christ and become unwavering, become uh, upright once again. And you know, as a church family, we're about to we're beginning 21 days of prayer and fasting. Fasting is like a a, a winter of choice because we're choosing to forsake those other sources so that we can strengthen our root system and anchor ourselves in the true source once again. Thank you, Jesus. Finally, the third divine design we see in our passage is the river of living water. So the living water, it represents Jesus. So if you're taking notes, point number three is this. Jesus is the divine design. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jesus said, I am the living water. He who comes to me will never be thirsty. Friends, Jesus is our source of life. We were designed to be dependent on Jesus. So this is 2024. If you want more and honestly not to go through the same things that you've been through in the past, well, we need to establish ourselves on Jesus more than ever in 2024. You know, I just, I love the way that this verse is written. The language of it says everything that really we're saying today. So Colossians 2 and 7 Let this just wash over you this morning. The Bible says, let your roots grow down into Jesus and let your lives be built on Jesus. And then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Let your roots grow deep. You're a mighty tree and let it grow into the source of Jesus. Build your lives on the foundation, the water source of Jesus, and then you will grow mighty. Then the fruit that you produce will be the divine design that God created you for. Friends, Jesus is the divine design of Almighty God. What does God the Father look like? Well, just look at Jesus, right? 
Jesus said, if you have seen me, then you have seen the Father. He's described in Colossians as the image of the invisible God. And Jesus, he's also the divine design of humanity. Guys, Jesus is the prototype. Okay, Jesus is the bar. Jesus is that perfect drawing in the manual showing us what we were intended to look like and how we were intended to function. And what's unbelievable is that he is the manual itself as well. Jesus is the living word of God. So what do we need in 2024, friends? We need more of Jesus. How many of you want more of Jesus in 2024? We need more of Jesus. That is our answer. But how do we, how do we get more of Jesus? Well, we've got to be intentional bringing Jesus into our journey. Bring Jesus into the rooms that you walk into. Bring Jesus into your situations. 21 days of prayer and fasting starts tomorrow. And that really is the main reason we do this, to turn our eyes upon Jesus. The normal rhythms of life, put away some things that we're used to and intentionally look upon Jesus. That brings Jesus into your path. You know, we have some dear friends. Their names are um, Lake and Laura George. And we just, we, we really look up to them. I always think you need to have people that you can look up to and that, that inspire you. And that, that's who they are. Um, Lake and Laura, they love Jesus. They love their family. And they're really incredible examples of what it looks like to love God well. For us, Sarah and I, they're really inspirations. And they are really great entertainers and hosts. They can throw a party like none other. So they gather people at their house, and I'm telling you, they are just host extraordinaire. They're having fun. We're having a great time. But friends, they can cook. Oh, my goodness. They can cook. And right now I'm thinking about Lake's steak that he puts on that green egg. Thank you, Jesus. And I am starving right now. It's 12.09. Let's get the heck out of here so we can eat some food. How, who's, who's hungry? What was I talking about? What are we gonna... so, so the Georges, they, they just are the greatest entertainers. So in, they're entertaining, and if we go over there, at some point in the night, every time, they're going to stop and gather everyone together and bring Jesus into the room. So what does that mean? Well, if it's someone's birthday, they're going to stop, and we're going to honor the birthday person. And then they're going to speak words of life and encouragement over them, and they're going to pray for them. That's, that's intentionally bringing Jesus into the room. If it was 4th of July or Christmas or, you know, uh, some event, they're, at some point in the night, they're going to stop and gather everyone together and just say, hey, guys, I'm, I'm so thankful that God brought all of you into our life. I'm thankful for this season and our friendship and your families. Let's just pray and thank God for this season, intentionally bringing Jesus into the room. Let me tell you, 2024, we're going to have to stop. We're going to have to see where Jesus is and bring him the divine design and put him right in our path so we can strive to be like Jesus. You know, this past uh, New Year's Eve, we had people over to our house and we had a little get together, Sarah and I. And we, uh, we had some food and then uh, we made the biggest mistake 
of doing fireworks with all the kids. Guys, that's a big mistake. Just don't do it. You're in for trouble. When I was little, the uh, sparklers were like a foot long. Now they're like six feet long. I thought sparklers were safe. Guys, sparklers burn your house down. I'm, ta- I'm telling you, we were burning people's pants. People's hairs were cut. I mean, it was cra- We had to shut down sparklers. We barely made it out alive. It was crazy. So after the craziness of all of, you know, the fireworks, then we found ourselves at the end of the night, New Year's Eve, right before midnight. There's 12 of us. And Sarah just stopped and said, hey, let's, let's go around and say what we're thankful for. Let's just say what we're grateful for in 2023. And she started. And then I went and a few of our friends went. And can I tell you in that moment, just by us stopping, going around the room saying, you know what, this year I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful that God got us through some crazy times, that God gave me some miracles. I'm thankful for the way that y'all were there for me in my tough times. I'm thankful that the best is still, just by us doing that, it brought Jesus into the room and it changed the entire atmosphere of what was happening in that moment. I just, I want you to know today that during these 21 days, during 2024, that God has beautifully and wonderfully and fearfully created you And you are the divine design of Almighty God. He has a mighty purpose. If you don't believe it, look and listen to me today. God has a divine purpose for you because you are his divine design. And the rest of your life is the best of your life. The best is yet to come for you. But as we go forward, we've got to get our eyes up. And we've got to look at the divine design, Jesus Christ, the picture of what we're going towards. And if we do that, let me tell you this, we're going to go from glory to glory and the best is yet to come. What am I seeing? What's the vision for 2024? I believe 2024, and I want you to grab hold of this, is going to be the greatest year of your life. They got to have his blessing after blessing, promise after promise, because he has created you to walk towards the picture the divine design of what we are to be like. Right now, I want you to stand to your feet with me. And what's gonna happen is Sarah's gonna pray for us. And then we're gonna get ready and we're gonna worship together. But I want you, out of a heart of gratitude, to have a confidence to know that God has placed you in the perfect time, the perfect place with the exact people he intended you to be with. And God's divine design, let's get our eyes on the picture of Jesus. And let's walk towards Jesus together. Everyone bow your heads and let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word today. God, we receive it as from you. Lord, we thank you for your divine design for our lives. God, that we're not a chance, Lord, a coincidence, but we were divinely designed by you. And thank you, God, that you gave us the creator's guide, the user's manual. We thank you for your word, your divine design for our lives, God. And above all, we thank you for Jesus Christ, the ultimate divine design. I thank you, Lord, that you have invited us into a season where we get to make our paramount desire and focus to be more of you. Lord, there's a lot of things that we want 
there's a lot of things that we're praying for. But God, Paul said, I count all those things as loss compared to knowing you, Jesus. Jesus, if we could have more of you, we have everything that we need. God, if we can have more of you, God, by your spirit, we can become more like you. And by your word, we can learn how to live well, not for our own pride, not for anyone else, but for you, Jesus. So God, we dedicate this year, 2024, to you, to your glory. And we commit ourselves anew to you. And we thank you for what you're gonna do. Our hopes are up, our faith is up, we're stirred up, God, and we are ready for what you have. We want more of you. We're not afraid of what that looks like. God, we want more of you. And Lord, I pray for anyone in this room who is walking through a winter season right now, anyone who that teaching resonated with, my goodness, that's me. God, I pray that you encourage them right now. God, I pray that, that you would help them to know that this word is for them, that they were here today by your design so that they could hear the word of the Lord that says you are not being punished. You are right where you're supposed to be. This is just a winter season and it is a gift because it's your chance to strengthen your root system, your connection to Jesus Christ. And with the winter comes the promise of spring. God, our hope is anchored before us. The best is yet to come is that promise that spring is always on its way as surely as the sun rises. God, your good, pleasing, and perfect will will be accomplished in our lives. If only we will remain with you. God, our joy will be complete. The promises, oh, the joy of the one who delights in your word. Your word also promises great peace have they that love your law. God, as we fix our eyes on you, Jesus, and delight in you, we will have great joy and we will have great peace and we will have everything that we need. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the season ahead. Thank you for all that you did in 2023 because we are who we are because of what we've walked through. And I thank you that we have never walked through anything alone, but you've been with us every single step. And so for that reason, we can thank you for the good and even the bad because God, we're still here to declare, God, you're good and God, you're faithful. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this word and we receive it and we give you glory in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and share our podcast. For more content from NCC and how to get connected, visit ncc.team.